De Stephen e. Allen Podcast with Stephen e. Allen. Hello and welcome to this. It is a podcast. It's the new version of Stephen Allen's week where we don't just look at the news, we read some of it too. But it's mainly about coronavirus at the moment, and that's okay. Lots of podcasts are about coronavirus at the moment, and I think it's going to spread exponentially till there's about 80% herd immunity. Anyway, in this week's episode, we look at some of the online shopping that shouldn't be available, some of the lack of sense coming out of America, and the latest must-have badge that's better than a Blue Peter one. Let's crack on. The Steve and Allen Podcast. What a week it's been, the news included. Captain Tom Moore, the 99-year-old man who raised £12 million for the NHS by walking round and round in his back garden. Brilliant. Just think how much money he could raise if he did next year's London Marathon in under four hours. No pressure, Captain Tom, but a little bit of pressure. Think about the nurses. A woman married the man who saved a life during the Las Vegas mass shooting, and that will definitely get brought up in some future arguments. And there are fears of a spike in DIY dentistry after parents took to the web to ask how to remove their kids' teeth. Ah, you think that's dentistry, do you? and not the only way to enforce discipline now that grounding won't work. The main topic is week four of the lockdown. How's your stockpile going? I know that we can leave the house to buy essential things, but queues to get in shops is just off-putting. It brings back bad memories. Excuse me, sir, where do you think you're going? Oh, I've just been queuing to try and get in. Sorry, mate, no trainers. What? You can't come in here with those. But you let her in with a... Look, you're not getting in. Now, if you redid that sketch but replaced the word trainers with a dry cough, that's basically what shopping is like these days. It feels odd that we have queues to buy things. Now how are we going to feel morally superior to Russia? Getting things is harder now, and while we can still order them online, we're hearing that Amazon workers are saying they're risking getting coronavirus, some people say they can't keep distance, and that they don't have time to wash their hands. Which is not the kind of thing you want to hear anyway, they're touching stuff that gets sent into our homes, even without coronavirus. I don't want traces of pee-pee on me goods, thanks. That's why I don't eat bar snacks. You may have seen this clip of an Amazon worker in America getting all upset about why they're still going to work. They should not be selling non-essential items. If you go on the website, all the essential items are, are sold out. Until you restock and until you close this building, shut it down. Dildos are not uh, essential items. Books for kids, yes, but dildos? No. Yeah, I don't know, actually. I have a feeling they might be essential. If you find someone using one and run away with it before they're finished, I bet they get quite upset and possibly run after you. Well, waddle after you. Maybe they are the best items during a lockdown. People tend to use them indoors more than outdoors, thank God. Oh, it's 7am on a Sunday morning. Is that the next-door neighbour mowing his bloody lawn again? Oh. Oh, no, it's his wife. She's got a petrol-powered one now. Oh, good for her. Dildo use will keep people inside more and probably lead to an increase in washing hands. So go for it. You're saving lives. I would rather see people buying dildos and staying home than buying face masks and leaving the house. Have you seen them? They're everywhere. People are making their own face masks and then they're wearing them over their chins because they're on the phone or something and you can't hear what they're saying if they got it on. Well done. You're wearing a face mask on your chin. It's like wearing a condom on your balls, genius. A mask on the chin. You look like a beardy man working in a deli counter. Is there any point in wearing them? Well, to find out more, I'm joined by someone who is a face mask advocate. Hello. 
Yep. Yep. Should have seen that one coming. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you see, we uh, we can't hear what you're saying because you put some thick fabric over your mouth. No, no, no. Elton could not. Elton could not. Oh, crap. The Stephen e. Allen Podcast. In America, the news has been saying that social distancing might have to stay in place until 2022 to cope with coronavirus. Researchers at Harvard School of Public Health think the rules will have to be in place for another two years to work. I imagine Donald Trump is happy. I've been trying to find ways of stopping people voting in the next election. Not being able to leave the house is a pretty darn good one. And what will it be like for us? Well, as long as we're not locked down, but America is, it will mean we can go on holiday without as many annoying tourists bothering us. Although... It would ruin my favourite thing to do on holiday. If ever I'm on holiday and I feel the need to act like a total git, I always do it in an American accent so that they get the blame. Now, I've been doing some live streaming videos. You can see Twitter for more on those, at Mr. Stephen Allen. And I wanted to bring you something we talked about in that. Um, it's, it's a clip of Donald Trump. It's not the clip of Kellyanne Conway saying this. Some of the scientists and doctors say that there could be other strains later on. This can come back in the fall in a limited way. Uh, this is COVID-19, not COVID-1, folks. You're right, it's not COVID-1, because they're not naming it like Police Academy sequels, genius. But then, that's the country that changed the title of the film The Madness of George III to The Madness of King George, because apparently they didn't want people saying, What is this? The Madness of George III? I ain't gonna see that. I didn't see the first two. But I wanted to play you this. Trump giving a daily briefing in the Rose Garden, which is technically going outside, but he's not likely to use his trips out to exercise anyway. He said... More than ever before, we've held our rate... And that gap. It's like he's sounding out the word in his head before he says it, but the word he said was rate. What is going off in his head? More than ever before, we've held... Oh, God. R-A-T spells rat... But the E makes it great. And while we're playing clips, did you see this one from a daily briefing over here? We're today introducing a single brand for social care to symbolise the entire care profession. This is something I know so many people in the profession have called for. This badge will be a badge of honour. They're bringing in a badge that says care on it, which at first seems like a reminder that we shouldn't really need, but you know what people are like. A green badge saying care to tell people that you're a carer. The problem is, it will be easily forgeable. It's not like the new £1 coin with its fancy technology, just a green badge and white lettering. It's like those baby on board badges, the ones that let you have the priority seats on the London Underground. It took me all of about 10 minutes to make one. I mean, my word, I got some strange looks, but it's 2020, they don't say anything. So people will easily be able to knock up a dodgy copy of this care badge, and they'll avoid the nightclub queuing to get into shops. Some people will look at those badges and not know what they are, and they'll think to themselves, C-A-R spells car, but the E makes it great. No. The Stephen Allen Podcast. So on the podcast, we've been speaking with a variety of some of the finest minds of the broadcasting arts to just catch up with them and see how they're coping with the lockdown. Today, we have the pleasure of being joined by or joining with, I'm not really sure which direction this goes in, uh, with publisher, writer or more accurately, unemployed person now, Ben Fletcher. Hello. Hello. How are you coping with a lockdown? Uh, well, I found a new method to cope, actually. Yeah. Every time you think things are bad over here, you just look at America. <laughs> okay, that's good. Which, What things have you got from America to kind of lift our spirits? 
I mean, uh, our prime minister might not be great at times, hmm. but at least you can understand what he's saying. That's true. Well, you say that though. He, I mean, he's not really done it since he became prime minister. But my word, he used to use Latin an awful lot, and the only Latin I know is the bit that's painted on a bridge on the M1 as you go up there. Um, so yeah, I didn't understand a word he said. No, I think. I mean, it's good point there but i think the problem was um his speech writers just left the filler text in <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he's just and, reading that all the time no idea what he was saying he just read anything yeah and at least latin you could translate it i guess google translate's got a thing whereas trump to english not a function that computers can do oh, well it can it's just it doesn't spell check doesn't quite work yeah and it's just a lot of repeated words over and over again and words that don't quite fit yeah, I mean, and he won't back down on saying things wrong. I've, I've ranted about this many times. The whole kafefi thing. How, if you can't bring yourself to say, sorry, typo, then you will never back down over anything. It's a, it's a terrifying psychological position. It's just, the problem with Trump is every time you make a joke out of one thing, he then does it worse. Yeah, yeah, you so know what? after a while, you just... And it, it works, though, doesn't it? Because instead of focusing on actual criticisms and complaints, I've spent a lot of my career as a satirist joking about his inability to speak, the fact that he says United States. I mean, that's a stroke of genius. Saying United States pulls focus away from all the other stuff you could have a go at. So you think he's doing it deliberately just so he can't criticise his actual words? I mean, almost. I, there's a big part of me that wants to say yes to that, and then you realise... Who'd be that clever? And the answer can't be him. Well, you also have to think, is he just being stupid deliberately? Or it's... I mean, with Boris, we always used to think he's playing it down, his intelligence. Yeah. And that's fair enough. I mean, I've met Boris, and although he's not a great person, he is intelligent. Yeah. And there was there is that interview where he says that he likes to look less intelligent than he is, because therefore you can surprise people. The problem is there's also an interview where he says that in his spare time he likes to paint butters. Yeah. So it's very difficult to judge Boris. <laughs> but Trump, for Trump to be so stupid that he's clever, it would be like a Mobius strip of logic. Somehow it inverts and folds back in on itself. He's pretty consistent. But the interesting thing with Trump is that he always sounds like he's just learnt something for the first time. Yeah. I mean, yesterday he went on about how there's um, so many only so many hours in a day as though he's only just learned that there's 24 hours in a day. <laughs> it's a big day at preschool. I remember it well. Okay. And then he doesn't... He always gets his own country wrong and doesn't know where he's president of. Yeah. It's when he runs like 20 minutes that he's just had a conversation with the president of Puerto Rico, not realising that that's him. <laughs> so unless, unless he had a conversation with himself in the mirror, not realising, which is perfectly believable. Yeah. That could definitely happen. Okay, so looking to America cheers you up. Anything else about how you've managed to cope with the lockdown? What's What are the conditions like for you? Um, I mean, it could be worse. It could always be worse. Um, I mean, I look back at the last few years and think, if I'd have remained uh, in politics when I was back in there, I could have probably been an MP by now. And when I look back and think, yeah, sure, I'd be on anti ground, but I'd not be very popular. Well, I mean, no one's popular these days. We're all we're all jobless, and I'm doing online videos that get about three views. But other than that, I mean, I think the biggest scary thing about being an MP right now, and you're right, if, if you'd have stuck to your, your past in politics, you easily could have been an MP for somewhere. 
Um, but now you have to make real decisions. Back when it was all to do with like pointless stuff getting in the news, it didn't matter. But this is life and death. You can see it in the eyes of people like Matt Hancock. He didn't think he'd have to do this. Yeah, but the problem for me is that I know these people, or I have met them. And it's I know how the Conservative Party system works. They send out emails to their MPs saying, you must tweet this line, and stuff like that. And you can see it so clearly at the moment. But it's also, it's frustrating when I look at some of the Northern MPs, like mine and others around, and they're doing the party line. Despite the fact, when there's a majority of nearly 100, they can get away with not following that line quite easily. It's quite well understood that that's a set president. But they still don't want to push for what's right. Hmm. It's frustrating to watch. Is there a sense of almost national unity to get through something like this? You know, the invisible enemy of the COVID-19. And, uh, you know, we're all pulling together to get through it. As soon as we're through it, when we're on the second part of that peak, then all of a sudden we can start turning on each other. There's no argument to suggest that, but in a time of crisis, I'd say scrutiny is even more important because it's very easy for them to push things through without anybody looking at it. Yeah. It's even more easy for them then to try to avoid helping certain people. Like, I mean, look at most actors right now. They've yeah. been completely left out. Look at the five million businesses that have been forgotten about. And there's so much more, and it's as though they don't exist because the scrutiny's not there. Well, part of the problem is when you think of actors, you think of the big famous ones, because that's how fame works. And they're doing all right. They're, you know, Yeah, they'll take a bit of a... A bath when it comes to how much they're going to earn this year, but they're still in their big fancy mansions, appearing on Stephen Colbert. Yeah. But for the rest, and they're of still going to they're still going to get their nominations for the best actor in a cancelled project next year. Excellent, I can't wait. But uh, yeah, for the rest of us, my word, it's a bit, uh, it's a difficult time. I've never been so jobless. I mean, people shouldn't be commenting on actors until they've seen how we live in Edinburgh. <laughs> That's probably the best option they can do. But then again, with Edinburgh being cancelled, we're all better off this year. <laughs> That's true, yeah. That's the only thing that saved us. It's <laughs> the only financial benefit we've had so far. Well, there we go. I think that's a, that's a positive vibe. It's a nice positive vibe to end it on. Um, um, it's, have you got any other plans for the next coming on, coming up week? Anything that you're up to? Oh, I've got to have an argument with a bank. Okay. Uh, might do a bit of crying at some point. With the bank? And then uh, take up drinking. Okay, in the bank, yeah. Okay. Uh, in fact, that's that would be a nice joke for anyone listening in the Mansfield area. There used to be a bank that was turned into a pub called the Bank, but they spelt it with a Q, like the French, because it was fancy. But that's that's a very niche reference to anyone in the Mansfield area. Fancy in Mansfield—that's that's <laughs> not been heard of before. <laughs> uh, always end on an anathema. That's what I like to do. Uh, well, meanwhile, thank you very much for the uh, chat. It just keeps us all going. It keeps us all humans stuck together. Thank you to publisher, writer, unemployed person Ben Fletcher. Thank you very much. The Steve and Allen Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, you can tweet at Mr. Stephen Allen and you can email podcast at somenews.co.uk. Uh, this one comes in from Keith. It's email. It says, hello, I sent a WhatsApp to my cousin in France to ask how she was getting on. And this is her reply in her broken English. Hello. Yes, we still lock... We have just one hour to go outside, but we must go with a paper where you write the time you leave your house, your name, your address, and with your identity card and destination, chemist or food shop. And Keith says, you know what? 
I should start doing that. The number of times I've gone out and then can't remember where I'm going, even from one room to another. The perfect solution, because memory foam in souls didn't work. Cheers, Keith in rural Wales. Keith, thank you very much for your letter. If you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, you can tweet at Mr. Stephen Allen. You can email, like Keith did, podcast at somenews.co.uk. The Stephen Allen Podcast. Well, that's all we have time for for another week. Just time to leave you with a few new stories we didn't cover. Topshop and H&M are flogging stock cheaply online because this lockdown has hit their profits. But with the size of clothes they sell, the headline might as well read, Get your face masks here. Disney Plus edited Daryl Hannah's nude scene in the film Splash and added bizarre CGI fur, although extra body hair just makes it more lockdown realistic. And a McDonald's fan posted a guide to making your own McNuggets at home. And for added reality, close off your toilet just when you're desperate for a pee on a Friday night. Subscribe to the new feed to get the details at somenews.co.uk. Follow on Twitter at Mr. Stephen Allen and spread the word, will you? Till next time, bye. The Steve and Allen Podcast with Steve and Allen.